This is the 77 WABC minicast. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, if you don't mind, um, none of the people are talking about faith in Christ and uh, and uh, the, the real issues that count. You ever see those guys standing on the corner? Sometimes they're wearing white shirts and sometimes they're Mormons. Sometimes they're Jewish. Sometimes they're Christian. Here's a guy who can, conf- I, I wouldn't say he confronts because you're allowed to go out and just speak your faith. That's fundamental free speech. But uh, this woman has, it's, uh, she loses her mind. She says she lives not in a neighborhood, but a gayberhood. It's gay, G-A-Y-B-O-R, hood, gayberhood, because it's a gay neighborhood, a gayberhood. And there's no room for Jesus in the gayberhood, she says. Uh, it's pretty funny. Cut 25. This is the gayberhood, and you are not welcome. That's why I need to be here. <laughs> We need Jesus, ma'am. He can save you. He can give you a new heart. God can give you a new heart so that you love what God loves. No, that's irrational. It reminds me of an episode of The Office where Michael is having a little... Um, I guess he's having a little uh, seminar with the employees. Remember how he was always trying to do stuff that wasn't his job? And he was trying to have an awareness uh, seminar, you know, like how HR comes in and they talk about racial sensitivity. Well, Michael thought he could run the whole thing. And uh, somebody comes in and says, uh, hey, are we all going to sit Indian style and do the kumbaya thing? And Michael (laughs) says, no, that's racist what you just said and wrong. This is a place of love and welcoming, and you should just get the hell out of here. <laughs> a place of love and welcoming. Because the gayberhood, I mean, it's, a new t- it's kind of like a, a form of fascism, right? You have to be like us, or you can't be here. I don't think that's right, no matter what the us is. You must conform to our way of life, or you cannot even approach that's not uh, that's not very open minded. That's the that's that's actually bigoted, and it's that first part she says that I like the before the screaming, before any of it, the very first part. Go ahead. This is the neighborhood, and you are not welcome. Stop. <laughs> this is the neighborhood, and you are not welcome. Um, is that true? How do do gay people feel that way about straight people? I don't think so, but there might be more friction. Then we're we're willing to recognize maybe on occasion. I don't have lots of gay friends, but I have some gay friends and um, I don't no. there's no friction. Although I will tell you this, the gay people often stick up for other gay people in a way that straight people do not stick up for other straight people. It's like a little bit of a club, a fraternity, if you will, or a sorority, depending. Right. Actually, it's more of a even the never mind. I shouldn't be. Let's talk about Liz Cheney instead, right? Uh, her her uh, her sexuality is of no interest to me, although her presence on the national stage baffles me because she just lost re-election, beaten in a primary by about eighty percent. She lost by eighty points to uh, Hegeman, the new congresswoman from Wyoming. But they still act like she's important, and you know what? In a weird way, she is. 
because she is speaking for the deep state. She is a trusted and valued member. Can you imagine anybody else losing a congressional primary by 60 points? I mean, are we going to hear, are are they going to invite Miss Pillip who lost to uh, Tom Swazi? Is she going to be on the TV anytime soon? Listen to this, cut 22. There is a right way and a wrong way to behave in Washington, D.C., and Liz knows the right way. Cut 22. It's been made clear to Speaker Johnson that if he does that, he brings up this bill and just allows it to be voted on, even if he votes against it. If he just introduces the bill that, as you know, already passed the Senate, uh, there will be repercussions for his speakership. The members of the House Freedom Caucus uh, may offer a motion to vacate and remove him from his speakership. That is the threat facing him. That's right. And, and what I would say to that is, it, you know, he ought to understand that it is worth it if he has to lose his speakership in order to make sure that freedom survives, in order to make sure that the United States of America continues to play its, its leadership role in the world. He ought to read what's happening in Ukraine today. He ought to read about the slaughter that's going on. Uh, and he ought to understand that we are at a turning point in the history, not just of this nation, but of the world. Uh, and, and again, he's going to have to explain to future generations, to his kids, to his grandkids, whether or not he did what was right, whether or not he, he was a force for good and aided the cause of freedom, or whether he continued down this path of cowardice and doing what Donald Trump and, and Vladimir Putin want him to do. Um, Americans can have doubts and concerns about the wisdom of supplying all of this money to a country that is not part of NATO. They're not. And okay, by the way, it's all right to question our NATO alliance. Do we need it? What's it there for? Are people paying enough money? You know, some guy, this is, uh, I hear this a lot, the, our institutions. Donald Trump is undermining our institutions. What institutions is he undermining? Because you could look it up in the Constitution. It doesn't say anything about NATO. It is a treaty, and we are allowed to leave it, potentially, if the country so desires. The country, the people, the people. Imagine that, right? Here's another, gosh, these rhinos are really losing their minds in the uh, in the last days of the Nikki Haley campaign. This is the chair of the Wisconsin Republican Party. And how do you get attention if you're from Wisconsin and you're a Republican? Um, come out against Trump. Otherwise, the fake news doesn't want to hear from you. Uh, but if you come out against Trump, Anderson Cooper... And can they stop running those silly documentaries about Gloria Vanderbilt and Anderson Cooper and the New York Times writing about him and his, he found some box with his mother's letters in them? Nobody, nobody care. I mean, yes, three socialites on the Upper East Side care, but nobody else does. It's amazing how they are just, it's a mass medium still, and they don't, they don't see it that way. They see themselves as a, as a niche, elitist little spot for very beautiful people. Uh, but they're not that beautiful. By the way, Anderson looks like he needs to eat a steak. Something's going on with him. All right, let me hear that, please. 60 Minutes. The former former president is known to watch 60 Minutes. If he's watching, what would you want to say to him? I would say that this country needs to move forward, that we need a leader who is tackles serious problems and serious issues that this country faces, and... We need faith in our institutions again. And the next president of the United States needs to do that. And in your opinion, that's not him. It is not him. Correct. You know, for one moment there, we need faith. 
We need faith in our institutions. Like what, the FBI? These are man-made, and these are governed by men. And men screw up, and men are susceptible to corruption. All right? The, The institutions. What about the Constitution? That's the institution. This reverence for anything deep state, anything governmental. No. We have a reverence for God. We have an appreciation for government. And we have a skeptical, and we want to change it if it doesn't meet our needs, if it doesn't serve our purposes. And that's okay. 